Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flight. Wait, this ain't even a flight. This is an out-of-home, in-house session. Let's go. You listen to the out-of-home podcast. You're listening to the out-of-home podcast. Are you locked into out-of-home podcast? You're listening to the out-of-home podcast featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. Where, where, where are you right now, Stephen? What's this in your background? What's this? Uh, this is uh, Lagos, Obelende. So this is like... Obelende. <laughs> this is nice. like um, the main transport uh places so uh bare buses bare these buses and just have so many um uh memories of going so the the motorbike so we call it akada and like my mum always used to ban me from like going on them and then the buses like why because they're dangerous yeah so i got i got in it one time and it was actually um the the guy riding it was um he was driving against the flow of traffic it's like there's need for speed type of shit. And then oh, that must have been so thrilling, bro. I was on the back holding him and he's like, uh-uh, you just come from America. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, no one, no one does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but wait, yeah. where was he going though? Like, <laughs> how against can he go against traffic. the flow of traffic? Like, where do you need to go that's against the flow of traffic, bro? No, because basically, <laughs> basically, because you, you get, um, Lagos goes into lockdown where like you just gridlock you can't move oh, so he man. was just like fuck this I'm gonna go against the flow of traffic and take and take the previous right which was mad which was mad you've had some experiences isn't it Steve oh mate, mate yeah I think it's that's not- what makes you who you are man that's what makes you who you're that's what gives you your personality you know you've experienced some stuff bro yeah and I think it's normal that's the problem For real. <laughs> he's, got, he's a he's a he's an amalgamation of loads of different things, bro. <laughs> literally, bro. Literally. But what's good though, man? How is everyone? <laughs> uh elephant in the room, all right. <laughs> I said I said elephant in the room, all right. <laughs> um pretty fine. This is the second time that we're doing this today, but <laughs> We're all good, we bro. Move. We're all good. We all move, man. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> with the flame. Well, go on, my G. Bro, I'm just, I'm just, I'm crossing my toes and fingers in it. So let's just hope this continues. You're gonna put your visuals on. I ain't even gonna laugh. Yeah, bro. yeah. Soon, soon, soon come, soon come, soon come. Apparently, if I laugh at you, it's bad karma. So I'm sorry, Quaid, bro. <laughs> no, bro. I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to laugh at you. My phone was moving backwards too, bro. <laughs> well, Kieran. Trying to shake our things. Uh, seeing as you've alluded to the elephant in the room, maybe you know we're very we're very clear, open, transparent podcast. Yeah. Um, do you maybe want to address what the elephant in the room is? Well, or what happened? Well, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, basically, we started recording this podcast like maybe an hour ago now, and um, as we do, we started a show with "What Made You Smile," and it was going great. And I think halfway through, well, Ned, towards the end, Kwame must have said something and like his Wi-Fi wasn't moving correctly. And I just started boying him, started laughing. 
And in my headphones, everyone else sounded like they were underwater. But apparently, <laughs> to everybody else. Shouts out to Aquaman, bro. I was moving mad. But the thing is, here's, but here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I have two record. I'll, I'll have, I have a recording. Yav has a recording. So he will be able to hear what I, I heard. And you lot will be able to hear what you heard, innit? So, hands up for that. But so we mad. move, man. We move, man. We move. I mean, we've got a show to do. Everybody's in good spirits. We lit. We lit. It's a Thursday. You know what I'm saying? So, what else? <laughs> I know you thought it's Friday today. Oh, yeah. We had a day off this week, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A random day, day off. off. On a Tuesday. It's like the worst day to give us a day off. That was, was really random. random. So bad. Like, why wouldn't you just give us the Monday as well? No, it happens every five years, Liberation Day. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. You got every five them. years? Mm. That's wild. I still struggle to, I still struggle, like, knowing and remembering all the public holidays that we have here, you know? Yeah, same. I, I, I'm always thinking about London instead of here. Because we get all of ours oh. before the end of May, right? And I think there's like four or five of them. So there's one more coming next week. No. On the 22nd, week, I think. Maybe it was today. I'm not sure. Who knows? Oh, in Netherlands? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, there's, a, there's one in London was, tomorrow. There is one in London Yeah, there's tomorrow, one in London tomorrow, but there's okay, one in okay, the okay. Netherlands where we live in a couple of weeks' time. But do you know what, yeah? They come around and someone from work will say, or group, someone from our group will say, oh yeah, there's a bank holiday on Monday or Bro, I just don't question all that. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'm going to take yeah, that. Yeah, makes then. sense. Makes sense. You makes know what sense. I'm trying to say? I'm not yeah. going to argue against having a day off, boy. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> We're listening, KK. Please, please, please tell us. I was about to intro, but then I was like, do I have something else to say? No, I don't. I'm going to save it for what made me smile. Um, welcome to the Out of Home podcast, a show brought to you by four Londoners living in Amsterdam, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people while sharing our own and over the last four weeks or not four why do i keep saying four it's like how long have we been on lockdown now guys uh, eight weeks three days eight official hours wow since i came back from trinidad bro since i came back from so since we've been in lockdown (laughs) yeah i guess like the last however eight weeks we've just been Talking to some really dope people, innit? So I guess by by the time this one comes out, we would have had the Wilfred and Didi one, uh Kwasi Kessi, George, um, who else have we had, man? Harry AA, Coco, Coco Mel, man, yep. we've had so Am- many. So Amber Joseph, Barney Artis, Daryl Cole. Yeah. Um, Seek, yeah. So like our in-house sessions, we've just been able to like kind of pattern up talking to some really dope people. And obviously with me, I've got my brothers, as always. Um, lock your doors down. <laughs> stay, stay at <laughs> home, Steve. And a quarantine dream, Queen with a flame, Kwame. And just me, myself, as always, lockdown, Kenny. What are we saying, man? We good? We good, baby. Bless. Yeah, we yeah. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's kick this off how we usually kick this, kick anything off. I want to ask you guys what made you smile this week. Um, who I'm wants going. To <laughs> I Quim Quim Yo Real quick Put your Take your thing off speaker Vic, If you don't mind Off speaker Okay yeah. Oh yeah we, Yeah yeah We good bro We good In case everyone okay, didn't know um, Today I am Kieran's intern As the sound engineer <laughs> So uh, Please bear with me 
If I don't sell myself, it's because I'm a little bit nervous. I'm under the watchful eye of lockdown Kenny. Uh, no, nah, you're good, you're good. Uh, yeah, the thing that should be recorded itself. Yaf is recording this Zoom call and he's crazy for having a video call rather than speaking on the phone like we used to. Anywho, what made me smile this week, Kieran? I would love to answer that. It was a good week. I went to work on Monday. No, I'm joking. Um, basically, it was good because on the weekend, <laughs> on the weekend, like me, uh, no, we, my my closest friend from university, Shelton Mandel, you had, well, I didn't start it, but one of my friends started it. Jez, he is you know, a year-old man with a long-time girlfriend and two kids, two eight-year-old twins, I believe. And he was just speaking about how Corona has affected him. Yeah. And he was like, no, like, and he, and he was like, oh, like, you man, like, I just feel like saying this, like, if anyone wants to speak up, speak. And I was compelled. I was like, no, like, this is this is very brave and bold. So let me share my feelings and my experiences in Amsterdam. And then, like, everyone everyone chimed in. It was really just nice to have a reminder yeah. that, like, that, 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 that your friends, you, you know, you can speak about, like, farming games and bullshit, but also speak about yeah. real, real issues, which is why also you, man, honestly, are my brothers, because we can also speak about... Um, uh, a plethora of things which I believe we do on this podcast so yeah, it was just a reminder that I'm, I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by like good people home and away and we're able to speak about real stuff that's dope man I think it's My dog. It, it's interesting or important to remember that people are going through this as well like I think I've mentioned I think I might have said it last week but you often forget <laughs> that we're in this pandemic and there's some real shit yeah. happening and we all kind of experience it in our own ways. So like some people might be like able to navigate their way through it without really like having to worry about it where people are really worried about it, but they don't know who to talk to about it or have like someone to really bounce ideas or bounce their thoughts off. So it's really dope that you are able to do that with your boys still. Yeah. Absolutely. Big fan. Now, Kwams, you know what's crazy? I feel you. Like, even to Kieran, your point about everyone's going through it differently. It's like, mm. I was just saying, I was talking to my boy, Hamusa, before this call, yeah? Big up, Hamusa. And yeah. um, we were just chatting about, like, how we've both been so dead at messaging, like, one another, first of all, but then just in general. And I feel as though, like, especially with WhatsApp, you know, sometimes your WhatsApp messages just pile up like a... Mm. It's crazy, like, after one day, like, I challenge you, like, go after the, at the end of a day, yeah, scroll down to when your first yeah. WhatsApp message is. I bet you're scrolling for time. Like, your first WhatsApp message of the day versus your last one in the night. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And Not really. Ba- no. <laughs> oh, right, um, basically, uh, we were just saying that um, it's so easy to get consumed in it all. And he would, like, we, we were almost just kind of saying that, like, because it does pile up, you always feel as though you're playing ca- catch up. Yeah. And you're never really, like, in the moment because in the back of your mind, you're always like, oh, I need to reply to this person or this. And mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like, we didn't say that we we have it, but we said, like, it could almost be defined as, like, a form of anxiety where you're always just, like, on edge kind of thing. Um, yeah. So just basically just building off your point, that is definitely not what made me smile. Um <laughs> It's been a dope seven days, my brothers, man. It's been a dope seven days. Um, I think it's been a, a seven, a cele- celebratory seven days of just realizing my source. Um, everyone here will probably say, what the hell are you talking about? You have, you're always gassing yourself. Um, however, when it comes to like big things, I don't really like to talk about myself. I'm, I'm a very 
in jest, tongue-in-cheek kind of human being. Um, so sometimes I think a lot of people think I'm being serious, but um, I put a lot of, I wouldn't say pressure, but I expect big things from myself. So when I achieve things, I'm just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, I guess just like lots of lots of cool things, lots of small wins, like just feeling mad connected to the family through conversations that we're having and just helping them see, see certain things. And yeah, just like discovering a bit more of Amsterdam, um, understanding nice. more the, the history of Amsterdam and just yeah I'm just I'm just using this time to do some random stuff um, and then I guess finally like one thing that kind of just was the icing on the cake was um, getting a nice little email from work like one of the top dogs at work um, to say I've been nominated for an award because I've Congrats, apparently been doing a really good job jeez oh, I appreciate it I appreciate it I appreciate it so yeah man um Everything's lit. It's been pretty good. I'm just trying to take the rough with the smooth. Last week was like just mad down because of the weather. I feel as though I was like not really working out, not really eating the best. But, you know, sun's come back out this week and the mood has kind of like changed with it. So, yeah, man, all good in the hood. No, it's nice. What about nice. you, man? What about you? Um, <laughs> um, this week, what made me smile? Something stupid. Uh, so I don't know what day it was maybe like Wednesday no what day is it today Thursday maybe Tuesday um, we, in my boys group from back home like one of my brothers was like we're talking about rappers and whatever and he tried to tell me that Rick Ross was a better rapper than Jay-Z first and foremost then he tried to say that Rick Ross is the greatest rapper of all time then yesterday man said that in a battle so you know like No Signals doing that 10v10 thing? Yeah. yeah. So the other day, I think the other day, or maybe tonight, tonight it might be, um, um well, it's not tonight when you lot hear this, but whatever, isn't it? Earlier um, today. Yeah, it was earlier today. Yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick Ross is going up against Lil Wayne. <laughs> and he said that he'd wipe the floor with Lil Wayne and I lost my oh, shit. Please. But, oh, please. But I just found right. it, I just found it hilarious. I just made it, I just thought, I found it hilarious. It's just like really funny, maybe smile, just to know how ignorant my friends are. And the fact that I have a podcast, we have a podcast that I can blast him on it. So that also made me smile as well. Kind of vindictive, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> it's all right. Some evil genius moving like Mr. Burns rubbing your hands together. Excellent. I was rubbing my beard, bro. <laughs> okay, Shmani, I see you. I bro, shout out to you as well. Shaping up your own beard, it looked pretty legit, man. Oh yeah, I did that, didn't it? Um, yeah, I bought a pair of clippers last week. Look pretty decent, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I was, I was looking a bit. I wasn't looking like anybody's son for a little while, to be honest. And I've got like a weird tash that like overgrows in the corner. So if that happens, then you know that times Ooh. is tough. So I had to sort it out a little bit. But yeah, all good. Steven, what about you, man? What made you smile? Yeah, mine's not as uh, deep as you guys, but I think equally significant. Um, so yeah, this week I extended my contract with Manchester United uh, extra two years. <laughs> <laughs> for you, for everyone that's tuning in right now, yeah, Steven is not on the United books. He is not a player nor is he a manager, nor is he part of the coaching staff or the data analysis team. However, he is on the books as the coach, as a player, as a data analysis <laughs> and, everything and everything else. He runs the shop. Tell him why, Stephen. Yeah, so um, this week, obviously top of the table, couple games in hand. <laughs> um, 
yeah, Ed Woodward came up to me and was just like, it's time for a new contract. And he'd been playing on my mind for a couple of weeks. Um, but the boys have been a bit anxious on the training ground. It just feels like a weight lifted off my shoulders to be able to <laughs> and just secure my future for the next two years. So absolutely delighted with that. Uh, boys are happy and I'm really looking forward to pushing on all three fronts. This congratulations. Even nothing congratulations, but congratulations, bro. Do you have um do you have a brief statement to encourage fans for the future? Yeah, I just wanted to continue to get behind the team. Uh, obviously, we're trying a new kind of um, style of football. Uh, we're going to bring that swag. We're going to bring that flair. That's why I'm wearing shades. I want to change the uh, conception about managers. I want to bring... Uh, <laughs> just trying to bring sexy back to the Premier League. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh, my days. I love it. I love it. Hey, Stephen. Um... I know that we've got a guest coming on today and I know that you have some sort of ties to him. Yes. Wait, what? What's... Don't worry. Continue <laughs> first. Kwame was gesturing <laughs> profoundly. What, what no, I continue, my G. You, you just need to ignore Kwame. I didn't get, I didn't get no. it. Don't worry, bro. Don't it, worry. Was, it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. I was trying to communicate, but it's fine. I was just going to ask Stephen if he could introduce. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce. I'm going to go straight into it. So, Wait, Stephen. Yeah. Sorry to cut you on. You was just about to get in your bag. Before Victor comes on here and tries to assassinate your pigeon like Wilfred did, do you maybe want to do it now so you can kind of Practice so when it comes into the call, your patterns. No, I'm, I'm I'm keeping it Europe today. I'm keeping it Europe today. I'm <laughs> keeping it Europe. <laughs> Go, on, my G. So absolutely delighted to announce that we have one of the future talents of Nigerian football, one of the sharpshooters. He's repping the green, white, green, super eagle, superstar, Victor Osimen from Lille. Uh, he's playing at Lille right now in League R, and he's going to be one of the leading candidates for Nigeria. And I'm absolutely gassed to have him on the show. He's got a sick story, and uh, he's going to tell us the correct way to pronounce plantain and tell us which jollof is correct. But big up, Vic. <laughs> big up, yeah. Victor. Yeah. Big up, Victor. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, plantain. Quinn, <laughs> you're funny. Why were you try making up faces? What was that going? Hello? Quams, try dialing in with the internet yeah. audio because your, your line is mocking it, fam. I'm with the internet. But are you on Wi-Fi, though? Is it, is it with 4G? Um, yeah, Quams, that's better. That's better. I think, yeah, yeah, I think the Wi-Fi was just... No, I think Kwame doesn't talk. He talk. You see how he holds his phone? He talks here. <laughs> um, you know he talks like this. <sighs> Go on, Quam. Let me hear you. Hi. Yeah, yeah, I'm that's speaking better. into the phone. Oh, yeah, wow. That's better. That's better. Shock, shock you don't know how to talk into a flipping phone. Uh, when you were here. Because usually my. Because. Uh, yeah, how are we doing this, bro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we keep it on cursing microphone. Go on. <laughs> I got four in here. Calm, calm, calm. Hey. Hey. What did you do, baby? What's good? What's good with it? Oh, connected to audio. Connected it's to still audio. Still connecting still. <laughs> I think he can hear us though, but he just can't. His yeah. he's not sorted out yet. Like, these rowdy boys, man. He's just connecting. 
Just try to try say Europe. Yo, well going, bro. Yo. <laughs> yeah, thank you. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. And you? We're blessed. We're blessed. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on, bro. Yeah, thanks yeah, for your welcome. time. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. welcome. So, uh, Fixer, before we get into um, finding out about you and I hand yeah. over to my bros, um, what we do every week when our guest comes on, well, in fact, we do it as well, but we've done it already. We want to mm-hmm. know what made you smile this week. So, could you tell us what made you smile this week? Um, I got the information that I will be um, going to see my family in Nigeria. So, I think um, Amazing. It's, really, it's, really, yeah, it's really a good thing because uh, for me, I don't have my family here, but I think my family is everything. You understand? Mm. So, yeah. Any little opportunity that I have to go and see them, I just quickly grab it. So I think when the when my agent called me and said, I think you'll be going to Nigeria soon to see your family, I was really, really excited. Oh, when was the last time you saw your family? Um, It's been long. I think in November I saw them last. Oh, wow. So a long time, man. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, and then... Another question, just before we get to, yeah. re- we really get into the questions about who you are and where you're from. Um, would you be able to tell us maybe two things that people, two things that are little that are less known about you? So it's two things that people don't really know about you. I, um, I think uh, I sleep a lot. I sleep a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> you and me both, Victor. You and me both. Yeah, it's good. Eh? If I'm called, if I'm, they're if called yak naps. Yeah. yeah, that's my trouble. If, if I'm if I'm having off day, I go to bed. I think uh, one, and I probably wake up at uh, two or three in the afternoon. <laughs> and um, and I don't like to be disturbed whenever I'm sleeping. And I love <laughs> and, I, and I love and I love food a lot. I think uh, I love food a lot. <laughs> it's, it's not even normal, you know, the way I eat. I really love food a lot. What's your oh, favorite? Man. Yeah. Uh, Amala. I think you know you know this, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's Amala? What's, What's Amala? Amala? Yeah, could you tell us what Amala yeah. is? It's, it's a is a uh, it's a Yoruba dish. I think um he, uh, he knows he knows what I'm, what I'm talking about. So it's a Yoruba dish, like it's it's popular all around the world. Even mm. in uh but in Lille, I'm unable to get it because I don't know if there are so many African mm. restaurants here. But yeah. in Nigeria, I think uh, a lot of people um like this food and me I'm not I'm not a Yoruba but I grew up in Yoruba land so yeah. I'm used to this food and uh, is I think is the sweetest if I'm not mistaken so, <laughs> so what, what people is left out is that so it's a type of food where you go and, and grab with it with, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you eat yeah. with is it like you, what, what type of consistency is it like you see you're doing a, this you know it's is it a, how, how to do it how to make the food yeah. Um, it's, it's like um, it's a flour. The the the, the, okay. the the flour. Okay. So you have to you boil the water. Yeah. And uh, it's, you boil the water, and you, when the water is so hot, you put yeah. it inside. You try to you know try to roll everything together. It becomes <laughs> it becomes what you take. You know. Kind kind of like kind of <laughs> like dumplings then. Kind uh, of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're of. making you no. Know, you know the porridge. The the European mm. the porridge like the porridge. Oh. They do it like that. Okay. Trust me, it's, it's a really good food. I've initiated many of my friends 
Hey Steven, Steven, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to show us what this is though. Uh, I'll show you, but the, the one thing that he left out is this food is so heavy. So when you when you eat it, you're gonna sleep. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's why I think so much. That's why. It's, it's hard food, isn't it? It's hard food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard food, boy. Yeah, it's a hard food. Yeah. <laughs> so Victor, how do, how does it feel when you eat that? Then you go to training the next day. Oh no, I. Since I arrived in Europe, I haven't had it. Oh. <laughs> because I, I'm, unable, I'm, unable, I'm unable to, to, to get it in Europe. That's oh. why you're looking forward to go back home. You can get some yeah. amala. Huh? <laughs> right. But whenever, whenever I go, I go to Nigeria because I'm on a holiday or something like that. I, yeah. I might take it morning, afternoon, and evening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Europe, with like two kilograms heavier. <laughs> Man. So, so what what do you eat in um in Leo then? So you don't have amala. So what do you eat? No, I have my uh, African food. Normally, I go to Brussels to okay to, to get them, or sometimes I I take home delivery. But normally, I I really like lasagna, the the food dish. I really like mm-hmm. a lot, and also pasta. But I'm not used to the to the food in, in Europe, so mm-hmm. I sometimes go to Brussels to to get my orders, or I call on the phone and they bring it to me. That's, That's cool. That's cool. Okay, we know way more about you, and we know um, if we want to make you sleep, we know what to give you. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So, Victor, now we're gonna, just going to go into hearing more about like your uh, amazing story. So, like, why I was yeah. really excited to have you on here is because your journey is um, not a normal journey, and I think you've made decisions that at a young age that other athletes wouldn't make. So I'm really curious to hear about about you. I know I know quite a lot of your story, but I think like our audience don't know anything about you. So could you just tell us like where did you where did you where were you born and what was life like growing up? Yeah, I'm I'm from Edo State originally, but I was born and I grew up in, in Lagos. It's a, it's a very small community uh, close to Ojota. And um, I'm the last one of family of seven. And I lost my mom when I was when I was really young, really really young. And uh, after I lost my mom, uh, one month after my dad lost his job, which was really 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 hard for the family. So uh-huh. at a tender age, I had to I had to go out to to sell bottled waters, you know, to to support my elders. You know, we we're all working in the same in the same street to sell pure water. My elder brother is uh, is a vendor. He sell newspapers and, and everything like that. Growing up, where I grew up is a place that it doesn't promise you anything, irregardless of the of the talent, irregardless of your dreams. The wouldn't the environment wouldn't promise you anything. You understand? You have to go out to get a, the food for yourself, to to fend for yourself, and everything like that. The the the, the story is really long. It's a, it's a journey. It's, it's it's really long because uh, everyone looked at my family back then and they said, ah, oh, this family because we beg to eat. Uh, it's hard for us to, to get a three square meal in a day. My dad is being mocked by, by, by people in the streets, me also, you know. But I, I have this desire in my mind. I have this, this urge and this, uh, confidence in me that no matter how hard it was going then, I really believed in myself and I knew I was really going to make it. But it was really hard, a hard, a hard thing, you know, to just think you're coming from a poor background, to just think like you're going to make it without putting in the work. I think, uh, is 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 a dead dream. So I, I, for me to live up to to what I really want in life, I have to work so hard. I have to hustle so hard, regardless of the 
of the rejection, the failures, and everything like that. But I think everything, uh, everything I, I am now, or I will be coming in the future. I owe everything to God Almighty for for keeping me alive to actualize my dream, and I'm and I'm really grateful for God. Yeah. Now you, you touched on it there because I think uh, what people don't realize is that there's so many people in Nigeria, especially like Lagos, that no, no one's really there to give you any chance. So that everybody is out for themselves. So I feel like that environment, that experience has helped you uh, become tough, tougher. Because we're going to touch on it later, but you've had some setbacks in your. Uh, in your career and your mentality didn't change throughout that. And I think that's because you've seen tough times. You've seen really, yeah. really yeah. tough times, you know, you know, in football, when you get an injury, it can, it's tough, but like when yeah. you're growing up and you don't know where your next meal, that's way tougher. Sure. And I sure. think those things helped um, set you up. Um, I just wanted to touch on your family because you're from a family of seven. So like anyone in Europe is always like, wow, those are big numbers. But I think my dad mm-hmm. is, no, my mom is one of nine and my dad is one of six. So mm. um, it, for us anyway, it's normal to have bigger families yeah. now. And, and in, I think in the Caribbean as well, it's kind of um, like that also. But um, yeah, do you just want to run through your brothers and sisters and what each one has done for you and what they mean to you? Because you said family is really important. Yeah. I remember I remember when I was growing up um, because the, the, the second born in the family stays with my mommy sister in the village mm. why the, the six of us are in lagos then after mm. my elder brother was able to secure an apartment for him, for himself and um he really wants me to to go to come with him but i i was in the community where i was playing football you know i i told him i would continue to be with my dad and my sisters you know to to continue to learn in the community where where i'm where i'm growing up and uh, of course, my sister, they tried for me, you know, they were the one that paid for my, for my school fees, you know, and after mm-hmm. they got me boots and everything like that, they were, they were there for me, irregardless of the situation, they tried to make me happy and everything like that, sacrificed a lot for me. And, uh, and also, also my dad, I think he lost his job, uh, three times, if I'm not mistaken. And sometimes he don't, he don't get to see his salary until after one year or two years. So it's different family. That's crazy. Yeah. And my, and my 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 mom was the breadwinner of the of the house, you know, okay. supporting her husband and everything. So when she died, it was difficult. And my my sometimes my brother would come, you know. Let me just for example, he would come every month to like give us thirty euros, you know, to buy some food stuff because he was actually doing quite alright for himself, regardless of how small it is. And uh, and also my my sisters also go out to sell oranges and some fruits. Which uh, along the line, I stopped football to join them, you know, because it was difficult. The the, la- the landlord was like pay, uh, asking us to pay for rent and everything like la- and everything like that. Disgrace us in the in the streets and everything. Insult my family, my dad. So at at one point in time, I would look up to the sky and, I, and tears would roll down from my eyes, and I was like, "What kind of life is this? Why is it going like this? Why is it going like that?" You know, it was really difficult and. Uh, um, everything I everything I am now I owe to to my to my four sisters because they really did a lot for me. They really pulled up for me. I think That's beautiful, uh, man. up yeah up to up to this up to this very hour. I'm I'm telling you, they really pull up for me. And anytime I want to give up, <laughs> if I think about them, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to do it. You know, mm. regardless of the of the situation and everything that I've, I've been through, I wouldn't want to give up. And uh, I think that they mean a lot to me. 
the meaning of And and then we know the bond of your sisters, but actually your older brother was also very good at football. And yeah. um, I so can you tell us about that relationship about having a big brother that was really good at football? And I think I believe he also um, decided to step away from football because he wanted to provide for you guys. Sure. Sure. You kind of picked up. Yeah. Um, actually, my, my elder brother really made me to fall in love with, with football, you know, because he was a striker also. And, and in the in the community where we are, it's called, in fact, ridiculous goals, you know. <laughs> goals like the ones Latani Ibrahimovic can score. It's so amazing. So we the junior. He was in the senior. We were in the junior. So after we train, they train later. Or after we play a game, they play later. So we always watch them. And everything I saw he's doing, like, I really fell in love with football. So I want to be in the senior team also to do what, what mm. he's doing. But after a while, I was into it and he left mm. because of uh, everything was really tough for him, not just for, not just for, for my family, for him. In particular, he's the firstborn. He has to pay for my school fees. He has to support for the house strength. He has to fend for me and my sisters also. So it was difficult and he has to, he has to leave. Football to face um, to face his uh, his vendor war because he sell newspaper on the on the road of Lagos. So I think uh, every, he set my path to become to become a footballer. I would say everything starts with him. And he, and he's a he's a Chelsea fan, right? No, no, he's a Man United fan. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both them teams Man suck fan, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're up now. You're up. Yeah, bro. Same. Know which team to join in the future. Arsenal. Of course, bro. Yeah. So it's in. It's interesting because, like, I always find that when we when we talk to people who have like grown up in hard times. Football almost kind of seems like the outlet and it's the way that you can really like kind of escape from all of the hardships of, of life that's going on, man. So just interested to know how like football became the thing that you became interested in and like what was your relationship with sport at an early age? Oh, yeah, uh, it started um, when I was in the, in the primary school, you know. Uh, we had this PE every time. I would go to the PE teacher that I want to play football, you know, regardless of just, just starting, you know, I just, I want to play football. So it would, it would put me with, with the, with the guys that are much more older than me and everything like that. So I would prove to him that even if I don't get the ball, I would try to fight for all balls and everything like that. And after I went to the secondary school, I won some couple of trophies for my secondary school. And at one point in time, I actually left football because he wasn't giving me anything, you know. I just I was just doing it for fun because this is I think I was born to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just doing I was just doing this for fun. But after I left it for I think a whole one year, I didn't play football. I was just walking, you know. Just Even like Michael Jordan, bro. Even yeah. like Michael Jordan, retired for a year. <laughs> you know, just doing all sorts of all sorts of jobs, legal jobs, you know, just to get some money, you know, to try to help my my family, to support my sisters also. Mm-hmm. But after a while, someone really, really, really advised me that you need to go back to football. You need to play. I said, yeah, I, I really love football. You know I do. But look at the background of my family. Look at what's going on in my family and everything like that. It's not, it's not encouraging for me to just wake up in the morning and go play football without trying to work so hard to get a little money to help my, my, my family. And after, then I didn't have, I didn't have, have any boots to, to use to play. So he said, okay, I'm going to get you boots, but I need you to go 
to go play football, to start to train and everything like that. So I said, okay, what am I waiting for? I went back to training. He got me some boots, mm-hmm. got me some jazz to, to, to play football. So I said, okay, I got the platform to play football. So I kept on playing. So I kept on pushing and everything like that. But there was a point in time where I was, I was actually rejected by several coaches in the street of Lagos, you know, trying to play some competition and everything. I was re- rejected, but it didn't stop me from not doing what I love to do best because I knew this is, this, the football is what is going to set my, it was going to make me a happy man. It's only going to take my, mm. my family out of poverty. You understand? And I'm, and I'm really grateful to God that I, I never gave up. So you mentioned like, you, you, when you left football, you had, you know, you, you was faced with the, the challenge that you, you wanted to make some money for your family. So, you know, you stopped playing sport. Is that, is that a reality for a lot of people in Nigeria that, you know, actually some of them sacrifice something that they could do, which could potentially be, you know, a professional football player, but because they have to make money for the family, it's just, you know, they can't even pursue their football. Is that, is that something that happens quite a lot? Yeah, it happens a lot. Even where, where I grew up, there are a bunch of talented players there, you know. And uh, the, the place where we were training, the government had to close down the, the field. Uh, no one could go back to, to train. And so many of the, of, the, of the talented players, really talented players, they left football. You know, some went to work in a company. Some are doing, some are learning jobs. You know, they left football. So it was me and my best friend, my uh, childhood friend who grew up together. We were going outside of our comfort zone, you know, to try to get to play football, to just try to train every day and everything like that. He is still playing also. And I think um, like this, it happens a lot in, in, in Nigeria. A lot of dreams, a lot of talented players leave football because of uh, no one to sponsor them, no money for the boot and everything like that. So like this, I sacrificed my school for football because okay. when, I, when, I was, when I was supposed to go to the university, I said to my family that I don't think I want to continue school. I really want to play to play football. And I know I, I will make it if my mind and heart is set to purpose, you understand? And I, and I said to them, please allow me to just leave football because I finished the first phase of the, of the education just to start the university. Mm-hmm. And I said, they, were, they were upset at me. They were angry, but I, I know, but I knew this is what I want to do. In as much as uh, education is important, I think I've learned a lot to push me forward in life you understand so yeah. this was one of the one of the main reasons why because I sacrificed school for football and I said to myself you have sacrificed school for football I think you, you really have to make it you really have to make it regardless of <laughs> of anything that was going on I said to myself that I really have to make it because if my sisters spend their hard-earned money for me to go to school to the highest level and I just cut it short like that then I had to I really had to to, to make it a football um, Victor, yeah. how can you describe like how important like parents and family is? Because in Nigeria, particularly, I think in Africa in general, and I think also like in Caribbean culture as well. Um, if like when I was growing up, and I said to my mom, I wanted to play football. You must read your books. You must do that. Like they don't they don't mm. recognize a career in yeah. football. So that was like sure. a really tough battle. I remember one time I came home and. Any if if I sneeze, my mom will say, ah, "You need to stop playing football." Any <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, is that your excuse for not making it? Then that, that's the only reason I'm not with uh, Igalu right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I think in, in Nigeria, most in particular, you know, 
uh, sometimes, uh, should I say, uh, 80% of the parents don't want their, their kids to play football because they think when you're playing football, you're not, you know, there is no brain aside football. You don't have a brain. Mm. You, you, you get me? So mine, mine is quite different, you understand, because in as much as my dad wanted me to become a medical doctor, like he wants me to become a medical doctor, but I'm not interested in giving someone an injection. So I said, I think this is football. And my dad never watched me play. So some of his, his friends in, in the community always say, ah, I think you should watch your son play football and everything. So he gets to watch me at the World Cup in the final because during the, during the tournament, there was no light. We don't have a light. We don't have a generator to, to generate light, mm. you know. So my the, my sisters had to take had to take him somewhere to watch the uh, the final of the under seventeen World Cup in which I scored the first goal wow. in the final. You know? So it was a proud it was a proud moment for me because they showed me the video and uh, when I scored, he was really crying like uh, the first time. Nice uh, remember, I think it was the first time he saw me play football. Like he saw me on TV. You know, it was really a proud moment. Yeah, it was really a proud moment for me. I think my, irregardless of how he he wants me to become a medical doctor, he really supported my dream, and I'm really happy. It was it was not like the other parents that are really strict that the the children had to go to 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 school. So, um, Victor, you kind of like alluded alluded to it there. Like, so so what's happening? So you you know you mentioned the fact that you scored in the under seventeen World Cup final, but how how did you get to that point? Like, what was the first sort of big breakthrough for you when you knew, okay, yeah, like I've got the talent to actually maybe have a career in football? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it it was when we were um, we were in a school competition, you know, we were in a school competition, and um, they picked me among some other players too. They wanted to take us to like to play interstate from interstate. We'll go to South Africa to represent Nigeria as a whole. Oh, wow. So I, I was from from one stage to the other, I was progressing, progressing, progressing until I got injured in the ankle. So I was left out. You know, it was really a sad, <laughs> sad, sad month or the full year for me. I remember when I was in secondary school. Then after I recovered. Then I started going to another screening, like a screening, competition screening, where they pick players to join the others in the in the national team. So I felt uh, it was an opportunity for me because I, I I said to myself that I have the talent, I have the zeal, I have the confidence, you know, to to progress in this in this competition. So I went there. I was going for like um for like five months. I was going every day five o'clock in the morning. I start my journey to the train to the training uh to the, to the field. I was there before anyone, even the coaches. Then the final day of, of picking the players to go, uh, the coach told me, deem me not, not good enough. You know, it was a sad, it was a sad thing for me. You know, I wasted mm. time and energy and everything like that, but I kept my cool. I was still motivated. I went back. I was feeling sad, but I kept on training. I kept on believing that yeah. in like two, in like two weeks, I got a call that. I should come to the screening in Abuja mm. to, to do the screening. Then when I went there, <laughs> the, the coach gave 15 minutes to show your talent because he said, if you're talented, you don't need more than 10 minutes or five to show wow. something. No you pressure. Know? There's no <laughs> pressure, yeah. <laughs> but in, in, in Nigeria, there are a lot of players, like a, lot of, a lot of players, you know. But when I got to, to Abuja, I was like massive crowd, you know. There were like 2 million players. 
and the coach have to see everyone. Have to How much did you just say, Victor? Like yeah, like two million, if I'm not mistaken. Ask, what? ask me. <laughs> yeah, like the the wow. whole the whole place is crowded. Fifteen minutes is sometimes it's not up to fifteen minutes because when the when the game is boring to the coach, he just take everyone out. Wow. So I came. It was my turn to to start the play. Then I think in the fifteen minutes, I scored two goals. So I was yeah. really excited that <laughs> like ah, he's gonna pick me, he's gonna pick me. But when it was time for judgment, he said no. I think you all should just go. So I was really disappointed, you know. <laughs> then wow. I said to the person that brought me, I said, I, I came here to, to try my luck, you know, to show myself. I think I did quite well, but let's go home. Let's go back to Lagos. Then I, 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 I hear someone calling me, the guy on green, because I was on green. He called me and said, you sit down here, I'm going to try you once more. So after, hey. so after mm. he called me, it was like even extra motivation for me. You know, yeah, he called me. Yeah. I I went in. I kept on progressing to the from the from the stage to stage to stage until I joined the the, the main squad and the camp. That was the turning point in my life. That was where I knew I would go far with this with this with this team. And when I got to the camp, it's a whole lot of life, whole lot of lifestyle. And sometimes I eat at least after I started. You know, growing up and knowing full world that I have to fend for myself, I eat sometimes six times in a day. Whoa. What? But in the camp, you have to eat in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the night. Mm. For me, I, I, I think it's not just, it's not just me. The most 80% or 70% of the Nigerian, Nigerian players eat a lot. They eat a lot. So I think it's not just me. So I was upset. I was really <laughs> mad, but I wanted, I wanted to leave the, I wanted to leave the camp. You know, because it was like I'm I'm a slave to in in the camp. You know, but wow. I think everything was like was was really a blessing in, in these guys for me. Yeah, and like so 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 that's happened. You you scored in the World Cup final, under yeah. 17 World Cup final. Then where do things go from there, man? Yeah, of course. I I think I scored uh in every game that I played in. Scored, Jeez, uh, <laughs> come on. I swear. Yeah, I scored. I was the highest goal scorer, and I won the golden boot and the second best player. Um, I think I, I held the most the most goal in a single tournament in FIFA under seventeen. Uh, what? Okay, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> see you there. <laughs> <Talk. laughs> Big so, facts. I love it. Immediate, uh, immediate, uh, I think um, it was like when we won the trophy. I knew everything like poverty in my family. My life changed forever. Yeah. After the tournament, I'm gonna go to an European club to play. You know, to try to take my family finally to, out of poverty to give them the good life they deserve. You you understand? I think uh, it's good. It, hard work and dedication really is, really goes a long way for me. So what what was that process like? Because obviously you knew you knew after the tournament you was like, yeah, man, this is. This, this is definitely going to go well for me. The next step is definitely going to be a positive one. Like, how? What was that process like? Did you have someone representing you at the time, or did people contact you? Like, how how did that next step go? Um, after the tournament, you know, like you say, I I thought everything would go well for me, but I have an agent. You know, I have several clubs: Barcelona, Juventus, Inter Milan, Arsenal. You know, oh. they wanted to they wanted me, but I was looking at my growth because. I'm the kind of player, my, my development is important for me. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Where I could play, where I could keep on developing, you know, to to become the kind of striker I've pictured myself in the future to be. So I saw that the, the German uh, artist Wolfsburg was quite a very good option for me because the coach really spoke to me before coming. He, he wanted me, you know, everything. I thought, ah, okay, everything will really go well. But it turns out to be a disaster for me in, in, in Germany. Everything went from good to worse in a space of in a space of eight months. You know, a lot of people were saying these. A lot of people were, you know, criticism is is one thing that I enjoy most. You know, someone <laughs> criticized me. I try to prove. I try to prove to the person that you're wrong about your impression towards me. You know, a lot of people say so many things in which I don't blame them. In the kind in the in the world of football, criticism is allowed. You understand? Yeah. And uh, everything was really yeah. bad. I had three times surgery on my knee, in my meniscus. Jeez. After I was after I was coming back. Uh, two two month training. I had a, I had a shoulder. My shoulder pulled pulled out two times. I think I had to make a surgery in my shoulder. It was it was really tough. It, it was like I was in the wilderness. You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. it was really it was really yeah. a tough one. You, you, you know, and my my sisters. You know, our, our ladies are with emotions. You know, they would call me and and started crying on the phone and everything like that. I would say, you have to calm down. Everything will be fine. You have to just keep on praying. You know, because I knew. I was really, do- I was really on the right path because when you're on the right path, on the right path, things don't really go so well. But mm-hmm. I think I was really determined, you know, to succeed. My determination to prove those that are criticizing me wrong was really my main goal. You know, it was really <laughs> yeah. my main goal. You know, so <laughs> so I was eager to like prove to them that what I did in the World Cup was not a fluke. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. And after I, I, I seek a loan from Bosburg, and the, the truth is, I wanted to go. To a club in the fourth division. Wow, for real? Yeah, yeah. I said to my agent because it was tough for me. I really wanted to go to a fourth division. I, I spoke to my agent. I spoke to to the club. I said, "Bosbog." I said, "I want to leave because I was feeling so so good on my on my whole body. I was feeling really good, so I wanted to leave to, to get a game time because I knew if I start to play with the kind of confidence mm-hmm. I have in myself, if I start to play, there is no way I wouldn't make it." To the top, there is no way. Yeah. So I Victor. went to. I w- sorry, Victor. No, no problem. Talk, sorry, one sec. Talk. Sorry to cut you off as well. Talk, talk yeah, about yeah. like the mindset. The mindset about like because a lot of a lot of young players will go out on loan and end up in end up in clubs that maybe fans might not expect them to be at. But sometimes they've made the decision to go and play for those clubs. So talk about the mindset and what was going through your mind. Like when you were feeling that confidence, but not really playing. Like why did you want to go and play for such a uh, a, a team in the fourth division? Yeah, because I, I knew if if the coach that brought me from Wolfsburg was there, I'm gonna I'm gonna play because it was at the club. I, I think you might know the club Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Champ, yeah, yeah. Bundesliga. He was the he was the he was the head coach there, so he wanted to, he wanted me to come on loan, and uh, Wolfsburg said, uh, 
we cannot allow you to go. We cannot because I'm not playing. So I, I try to plead with them. They never allowed me. So it was really tough for me and everything like that. So <laughs> after I went to, I knew that if I go to the fourth division, yeah, I'll be I'll be more important. You know, with mm-hmm. the kind of quality I possess, I'll be more important with them, and I would really really strive hard. You know, to to get the club to to the to the next to the next place, to the next place, until maybe they get to the Bundesliga too. But it was really quite difficult. The decision was difficult because when I spoke to it about my elder brother, he was really furious at me. He, like, what are you thinking? I said, I want to play, bro. It's important for me to play. For yeah. me to, I have to start somewhere again. It's like I'm restarting my career all over again, you know. Mm. Then after my agent saw a club in, um, in, uh, in Belgium, and uh, before, after the season, I went back to Nigeria and I was really sick. So I, I was unable to start the, the pre-season with, with Wolfsburg then. I was really sick. I was in the hospital the whole, throughout the whole World Cup game. I won the World Cup in the hospital, everything. Then I, I spoke to my agent when I was feeling very much okay. Said he had a club, he had a club in me in the, in the top flight division in Belgium. I said, let's go. When I went there, I was training with the club, I think, uh, three weeks. The day, the day of me to sign, um, my girlfriend was with, was with me. And I was really excited to sign. Like, I want to show my family that. I have a club now. You guys can keep on playing for me. I'll be doing my job. I'll be working so hard for you guys. You know, then the, mm-hmm. the club said to my agent, oh, we cannot sign him. There's no way I can, we can sign him. I was like, I was, I took it in good faith. And yeah. I told my agent, yeah, they said it. Then I told my agent, I said, let's go back to football. I will use the remaining six months to work so hard. This, I was, this happened in, I think in August 2018. I said, don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna work so hard. I'm gonna work so hard in um wow. work so hard in Bosburg, you know, to get 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 a loan in January. Mm. You understand? I said, okay, went back, where I does, was training so where does this come from, man? Because like your your never say die attitude, you just you know, like every time you get a knockback, you're like, Okay, I'm gonna use this to my advantage. I'm gonna it's gonna make me stronger. Like where yeah. does this come from, man? I think um right from where I was growing up, I grew up in a place where you have to be in the, in the heart, you have to be strong. In the head, mm-hmm. you really have to have this this kind of mindset like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And while I was growing up, a lot of people would say, uh, it starts from like, when we want to make a kick, a penalty kick. Like, they would say to me, you, you cannot, nah, you cannot score. You don't know how to score a penalty. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me prove you wrong then. Mm-hmm. So I would do it. And mm-hmm. I would like, go in their face, laugh at them and everything like that. But then it was, <laughs> it was like, it was like normal joke around friends, but I was really building something in me because I knew in my life I was destined for greatness. You understand? So for you that. to be great, for you to be great, you have to have this kind of never say never, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of, the, of the setback, you understand? So I told my yeah. agent, like, I said, let's go back to Wolfsburg. Then I keep on working. Why I keep on working? In my country, Nigeria, a lot of views are going around, like mm. I failed trial or something like that. But they never knew I was really sick. Mm. I was really, really sick. I was really, really sick. They were taking the fake news, but my sister was so worried, my dad was worried, you know. Everyone around me that loved me was, was really, really worried. Then after, I got a call from Club Rouge in the same Belgium. Got a call from Club Rouge that we want you to come, we want to sign you. Then I went there <laughs> after the, the doctor's checkup and everything. I got the same. Same news that, sorry, the president said we cannot sign you. you know? What? What? 
Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, and so when when oh, it, because I already made the medical and everything like that, so he was like, uh, sorry, the the president said we cannot sign you. I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, no problem. I told my agent we go back again. Was like yeah, that was like I was like, yeah, I was like toying with my life, you know. But I knew when I get this opportunity, I'm gonna prove each and every one of them wrong. I knew it. Yeah. I knew. Because I, it's so amazing the kind of belief I have in myself, the kind of self-confidence I have in myself. Even me, sometimes I look at myself, I was like, what kind of mind do you have, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I went, I went, I went back to, I went back to, um, to Wolfsburg. I kept on training. I kept on training. Three days to the end of transfer window. Just three days. On a Wednesday, I can never forget, I came back from training. I was sleeping. Then I received a call from another club in Belgium. Of course you were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So so I received a call from another club in Belgium that the president called me and said, "Um, I think you should take your bag tonight. The car will come to pick you up from Germany. You you come to my club. I really want you. I didn't, I was like, I didn't argue like, no, I don't want to come. You know, I was like, okay. I would. <laughs> then after, <laughs> and after, after my agent, my agent called me and said, someone spoke to me. I said, yeah, someone in uh, I, I, Shalowa. I called the, the called the name Shalowa. Called me and said, ready your bags. You go there without medical, <laughs> without anything. Just go there. The next day you have to sign. I was really excited. <laughs> I, I the, the failure behind is I left it already. It's, it's, it's something of a memory now. I was like, I was really happy. You know, I was like, wow. I'm going to sign. So I went there. The president was at the hotel. He welcomed me and said, you forget everything that happened. Two clubs rejected you. A lot of injuries and failures, you know. Forget about it. I, I like you. I've known you since at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I want you. And tomorrow, you're going to sign. And you're going to play for us. And you're going to work with the coach. And you're going to do everything for the club. I said, I am ready. And I, went to, and I went to the club. It was like a dream. Like it was like I'm, yeah. I'm dreaming. Like few weeks ago, I was re- rejected by two clubs, and now I'm signing for this club. Wow, it was amazing. You know, that was really, really. You know, it was like the, the club lifted according to what the press called it. You know, like it, it has a dead career now. You know, they resurrect yeah. my my dead career. You understand? Yeah. They gave me the platform to like to showcase to showcase myself and. Uh, I was really happy. I was really happy. Like what? I, what? In the career of Shalowa, I was really happy because why? When I played these two clubs that rejected me, I won the boat. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. the first club, I scored twice against them. What was your celebration? Yeah, it was really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to I'm gonna send it to you. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really amazing. I was really like I cannot justify the feeling. <laughs> you know, I scored them the, the we were playing uh uh two 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 uh, yeah two two and then in the, in the just four seconds for the end of game I scored with a, with an error. So I went to, in front of the coach, I passed in front of the coach to my coach, you know, <laughs> like celebrate, you know. To like celebrate and everything like that. And the, the second the second club also I made an assist. Where we we won them, we won them both home and away. So I was really proud of myself. I was really happy. Like this is the thing I'm saying: shutting the mouth of the critic, 
shutting them out of those that, that don't believe in you or all sorts all sort of things like that. So I love that. It was a good feeling. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. And um, like, you know, because uh, I was, I was doing my little bit of my research and then, and, and then and when you went to Charlotte, you were, you were basically on fire, weren't you? Like uh, you couldn't stop scoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I scored uh, I think twenty goals and four assists. So it was really okay. my first. Wow. It was really yeah. It was really my first um first first full season as a pro footballer. Mm. I, I, yeah. I scored Jeez. I scored my first my first goal as a pro uh in shallow wire if I remember, and it was it was amazing though the back field, and I I went on to score twenty goals and made uh four assists, which gave me the opportunity and, and, to return back to the national team. Oh, there we go. Even though I'm going there and I'm going to say these words, I never thought I would say, in your case, shout out to the Super Eagles. But then I would I never say it again. Um, but we got it on record. We got it on record. Hey, just clip, about, um, just clip that. You've lost hella gone to <laughs> I'm cool. I'm I, I think well. I, I just want to go back to one point, Victor. Like you, you were, you were saying that you, you, you had this, you had a lot of, um, I don't say heartbreak, but you had a lot of, uh, not problems, but you had a lot of, what's the word? Yeah, you had a lot of setbacks yeah. when you're at disappointment, when you're at Wolfsburg. And yeah. um, what, 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 did the, what did those lessons to teach you uh, that you were able to like make the best out of your time in Belgium? I think I, Wolfsburg, I never blame, every time I made a grant an interview about this, this story, I never blame Wolfsburg. You know, kudos to them because I think mm-hmm. I was, as a, as a young as a young player, you don't try to go. If some players go from the top, like you quickly sign for Real Madrid, I think a lot of destinies are different. You know, in my case, I knew that Bosburg was the best for me. I chose Bosburg. No one, no one did it for me. That's why I never put the blame on anyone. Like you made me to go here, now it's not working. It's me. Everything, any decision I take is me. I don't put the blame on the, the next man. You understand? So I think when I was in Bosburg, Origi was there. Uh, Mario Gomez was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dimata was there, but he was the third striker, and me, I was a fourth. So you can imagine wow. if Gomez is injured, uh, uh, Origi plays. If Origi is injured, Dimata plays. If Dimata is injured, until I will play. So mm-hmm. it was it was tough, but I knew that oh, Gomez is there. He has played football to the highest level where I can even dream of, of playing. You know, and I saw that oh, I think I can learn so much from this guy. Mm-hmm. You know. Origi is there. He has, he have so many, so many experience. So all the time my misfortune was happening in, in, in Bosburg, I was busy learning so many things. Yeah. I was yeah. busy accumulating some, some sense, some football sense, not just football in life in general, how you can go about life because I was alone. I was alone in Bosburg. I was alone until I met my girlfriend. I was alone and it was really tough for me homesick and everything, just speaking with my family on the phone or, you know, on FaceTime and everything. It was difficult. But everything I'm, I'm now doing in Lille that I did in, in, in Shalowa, I think uh, Boosbox set, set the, the, the standard. So amazing yeah, can you can that time and just like take all the positives from it as well, man. Like, I know a lot of people that might have gone through the same thing that you've gone through and not been able to do that. And probably still like reeling about certain things that have happened to them. And like, I think you mentioned when you moved to um, Shallower from yeah. um, from Wolfsburg, you were like, that's behind me instantly. Like, yeah. you, didn't even, you didn't even think to say, ah, oh, 
do you know what? Maybe that might carry, come come along with me. He was like, no, no, that's done. I've got a new start. I start again. And that's such a sick mindset to have, man. You know, when I, when I, when I came to Shalawa, when I was in Bozburg, I had, I had, I had these, these galas, you know, like a gala. Oh, uh, the, the Mohican. So, yeah, yeah. The Mo- yeah. <laughs> so when I immediately, immediately, yeah, immediately I came to, to Belgium, to Shalawa, I, I cut it off. Yeah. I cut it off. So mm. my girlfriend suggested to me that I, I, I should make a tint on mm. the hair, you know. So I, I said, if everything is going, if the feeling back then, the, the, the disappointment, the failure, if it's going, then the hair has to go. Yeah. So I put everything behind me and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really, I'm not the kind of person that dwell on the past. Mm. I use the past to learn, you know, I don't dwell on it. You understand? So it was important for me to let everything, if I took everything that happened, that ah, the thing that happened in Bozburg is going to happen in Shalowa, I wouldn't get to where I am today. So yeah, it was important for me to, to to put everything aside to just drop it as I was coming to Belgium. Sign. So it was important for me to do that. Victor, are you are you like that outside of football as well? Like the only reason I ask is because I'm definitely not a professional footballer, but I'm quite similar where I don't dwell on the past. Like I can get locked out of my house and 20 minutes later be fine. Um, that's why they call me lock your door downs. But <laughs> I'm just interested to know: Are you? you know, like this sort of like, you know, positive, yeah, whatever happens, happens attitude. Are you like this outside of football as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, how should I, how should I put it? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking for the word to like, to, to arrange. In, in life also, you know, in, uh, it might be in football, it might be anything, you know, I always, no matter the, the, the no matter the, the, back, the, the setback, in life, I always take the positive face, the sense, like what I learned from this, and it's never mm. going to happen again, you, mm. you know? So I quickly, it's easy. It's much easier for me to forgive someone that hurt me, no matter what. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. You know, like someone do something for me, to me, maybe one year, I don't, we don't speak, or six months, and whenever I said, I'm sorry, I realized I hurt you, I would say, hey, it's fine, it's finished. And sincerely speaking, it's finished. We'll move back to normal life. Mm, you know? So, so it, it, yeah. So it's important to, to do this thing too, because a, a, a heavy conscience, you having something that someone did to you, putting in your mind, I don't think you, you're really going forward. Yeah, that's facts. You, you seem very not, not carefree, but I, I just speaking to you, I can tell like you don't have any weight on you. You're not carrying anything. At you, all. Just, <laughs> you just shed everything. And then that, yeah. that's beautiful. Like in um when I signed for when I signed for Bullsburg, um the, the academy I use in, in Nigeria, the, the, the owner of the academy actually took almost thirty percent of my own money, my own money. You know, like my own money, you understand. But I I wasn't I wasn't I was bothered, but I wasn't really bothered because I was more like my my family are okay, you know, bought a house for my dad, which is the most important thing for me. You know, Congrats, man. Um, yeah, thank you very much. You know, make my, my sisters uh, very much okay. You understand? And everyone al- around me, my loved ones, you know. So it was important for me. And after I was really mad and he came to me, he was upset. But at, at the end of the day, he, he gave me everything he, he took from me. So it was important for me. So and I, I let everything go. I said, I forgive you for everything you did. But we, we move on. We move. We move. You, um, you mentioned like just 
getting getting a house for your for your for your father, making sure your your sisters are okay. Like, how did that feel coming from you know what you described at the beginning, where times were very difficult? You had to sell pure water. You know, your your family were all kind of like hustling and grinding to make sure that everyone was okay. To the to now, like at a very young age, when you can provide for everyone, like what what was that feeling like, man? You know, it's uh, it's really a good feeling. It's, it's it's almost every young player or young boy, young boy's dream. You know, to try to buy a car or build a house or buy a house for for their for their parents. So I think mine was really it was my it was the top of my priority to do it. Even if my 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 elders would do it, also I really want to do it. So immediately I got I got the money. I said, "Hey, you are leaving the house." I called my my four sister. We arranged everything. It was like a surprise. Don't tell him anything. Just wait. We oh, bought the house. Sick. We furnish everything. I was like, "Come, we are going somewhere." <laughs> so, I was like, come, "We are going somewhere." We are going somewhere. I love that. I was like, "Come." come what was his response? Did he said that? No, it was like, it was like, ah, you know, I don't. My dad doesn't like going going out. You know. Yeah. So I I took that from from him also. If I come back from training, I'm always indoor. So he said, "You know, I don't go out." I said, "Come, come, come." Let's go. You're gonna see something. You're gonna like. We already furnished everything. You know, bought him, uh, bought him new clothes and everything like that. You understand? Oh, I said, Come. We took him inside the man. car. I was like, then I, 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 I stopped him at the gate before we entered. And I said, "You see this house?" And my, and my sisters were there. They were already crying. They were, they were behind. Uh, you know, they were already crying. Oh, I said, "You, you see this? You see this house? It's yours. I bought oh, it for man. you." And that was like, you know. A grown man, old man, was sh- was shedding tears. Mm. It's so amazing. Mm. It was was really a proud moment for for me. You understand? I took him in, and it was like, oh, you guys finished everything. I was like, of course. Do you want Do you want to do it yourself? We have to do it for you. No problem. <laughs> now is the time for you. I said, now is the time for you to relax, enjoy everything you've suffered for in life, enjoy everything you've worked for in life. It's time for you to. He was. It's like one of my dreams just just came true. Wow! Uh, congrats, man. That's amazing, man. Congratulations, man. That's amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. So, uh, Victor, you know, you talk about um, your time in Germany and how that was, you know, uh, difficult, let's say, and then Belgium, you, you, uh, you, 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 Belgium, like I think we could say, like you found your swagger, and then uh, just last year, August, you joined another club, another European country. You joined yes. Lille. And where you are now, um, yeah. Like, how do you, how, 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 how did that come about, and how, and how and how are you finding it living in, in France now? Um, I, after the nations, the the nations cup in Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. when I got home, I was supposed to spend like one month and two weeks with my family, but I was there for six, uh, for six, uh, for two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, or not up to two weeks. Then my the, the president of Shalowa called me. I already spoke to him before I was leaving. He said, um, I think we have to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so hard for me to let you go, you understand? Um, but I think this is business and uh, I want you to go from, from year to year again. And he said, we have to, to sell you to a club. You know, they gave me the options and I saw, um, and I spoke to it about with my agent and he said, yeah, I said, what do you think? Then he suggests I was supposed to go to Monaco before. Mm. And um, um, he said Monaco, but I said Lille. Because I, I saw that 
I think I have what it takes to play in the Champions League, you know, to try to expose myself to the world again. And I said, I think Lille, because they have a good, very good squad, you know, they finished well in the, in the season before I joined them. I said, I, th- I told him it was important for me to to go to, to Lille. And I spoke with the, with the coach also. He, he heard me, uh, he really wants me, the kind of the kind of striker he's looking for. I said, okay, of course I'm going to sign for Lille. So, it wasn't really a hard decision to to make. No, I can imagine. And also, also as well, because uh, Lille, Lille also are known for producing a lot of like young talent. So, that must have been a, a good um, a good feeling for you, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Wasn't, um, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the first game against PSG? The first game was against uh, Nantes. Uh, oh, no, because, yeah, yeah, because Nantes played against... But what, what was that like, like playing your first game against a club like PSG, man, with the players they have and, you know, how did that feel? You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just fortunate enough in life, you understand, couple with hard work and everything because I remember um, 2016, we were going to Brazil with the under-23 of uh, Super Eagles. We were going to Brazil. Then I, I, I saw Neymar mm. at, the, at the airport and... Um, <laughs> My, so I didn't, I didn't see him at first. So my, one of my teammates said, ah, look at Neymar. So I took out my phone. That then we just finished the World Cup. I took out my phone. I was like rushing. To, I, was, I was running to him. Like I want to take pictures because a lot of people and the security, but I didn't care. I tried to beat them. And he went <laughs> and, uh, and I took the picture, but it was really blur. But yeah. I don't care. I, I, post, I posted the picture on my Facebook. Um, I posted a picture. I was really happy like, Neymar, him and uh, Danny Alves. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Neymar. So the day we wanted to play PSG, he was he was coming out, you know, superstar. He was coming out, and I was starstruck. I was just looking at him like 2016. I saw him trying to struggle with him to take a picture. <laughs> now I'm standing side by side to him. I will play against him. It's so amazing. It's wow. really, it's really, really amazing. No, oh, that's incredible, man. Um, no, so uh, I also wanted to ask you, like, um, actually, I have a personal question myself. You know, uh, how how are you feeling now that you are that the, the league season has come to an end and you're having such a good season as well? Uh, it's not a good feeling, you know. We try to we have an objective, you know, to be in the Champions League, and now we are going to Europa League by just one point, you know, and uh, we are having a good run of form. Of late in the last ten games, uh, but you know this is how it is. We have to just accept accept our fate like that. We understand, but we have to just work out to to come back stronger next season. Yeah, exactly. And um, like so, like now the the, the weirdest thing is, I mean, if you good thing because now obviously you go to Nigeria, like because because your season has ended. But has you, yeah. do you know anything about? Have you heard rumors or maybe not rumors, but like how long how long is your break or? Or, or you don't know the reason I'm asking because like yeah. if you go to Nigeria and, and you eat loads of amala then like, like maybe when you come back for training it'll be a problem <laughs> yeah actually actually don't know um, when we're going to resume but they say between August or September or something like that but I think the whole team will resume in July mm. I think so in July so um, we don't we haven't gotten a concrete uh, date yet but I think uh Maybe in July, I think in July, since we're playing, we start the league late uh, 
August or early of uh, September. So we wait. So, so um, Victor, just just so now we've obviously been in lockdown, which we're going to talk about um, later. But then, how did you find adapting to France as a culture? Because I think when when we spoke. I told you that for me is very. Whenever I go to France, I find it mm-hmm. very difficult because it's not not that the people aren't friendly. It's very hard to integrate. So, how did you how did you approach that? Um, for me, it's um, it's like it's, I picture it like the same both. But when I arrive, you know, but I think uh, <laughs> to be, to survive in Europe is is I think is it takes a lot of um, how should I put it a lot of determination. You understand, mm-hmm. and I, I really said to myself, "Hey, you had a good season, and and um, in Shalawa, quickly bring it to Lille and try to, you know, try to adapt quickly. It's important for a player to adapt quickly. And I think I've been in Europe now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, almost four or three years now, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, which is which has really helped me to settle well in, in Lille. And of course, they speak English, and I'm trying to learn French also." It's not easy, but I think nice. um, it doesn't. Really, it doesn't really matter. I've learned everything I wanted to, to learn in Wolfsburg. Take my time. Took my time to to learn so well. I think now I can survive in any European country. Mm. That's dope, man. Um, you mentioned earlier when you you said that you had a picture in your mind of the type of striker that you wanted to be. Talk about that for a little bit. Like, who were the strikers that you were emulating? And how would you describe like your style of play for people that may have never seen you play before? You know, um, while growing up, I DJ Joba is my idol. He's someone I really love a lot. You know, mm. I watch him while growing up, and of course, uh, we may not be similar, but I think I see him as someone that I can really catch up with the kind with the way he plays his game to add up to my own, or even much more better than him with with years to come. So uh, I think. Um, I'm not a kind of player that, that normally like chickens out in the game. Even though I'm not, I'm not getting the goals. I'm trying to defend for my for my team. I'm trying to trying to fight for every ball, trying to get the goals. So I think it was important for me to idolize um, someone like that. Yeah, you know, to try to okay, this is what he's doing in terms of football. This is what he's doing. This was make him become a legend in Chelsea. And I think for me to. To learn from him is quite has been helping me a lot from days of the under seventeen, the under twenty, and the super Eagles now. I am in Lille. I think uh, you know playing one of the top five uh, best league in the world. I think for me, it's a, it's a glorious thing. So you mentioned playing in one of the top five leagues in the world. What's been like the hardest thing for you adapting coming through as a as a young striker? I think. Um, it's, it's, for me, it's not a it's not a heavy body, you understand? Because um, mostly the, the most of the, the the coaches I've worked with knew that as a young player, you need time to adapt. You understand? In as much as you want to prove, you want to prove to them that oh, I can really get on with the, with the team immediately. I I, I came uh, is important for you because they know you want to adapt. So for me, I, I said to myself. I learned a lot in Wolfsburg. I did so well in, in, in Shalawa. So in Lille, I have to give them the first impression quickly, immediately to make the fans love me and everything like that. And I think so far, so good. I've been I've been trying my best. It's not easy, but I've been trying my best. And uh, of course, it was important for me to move from year to year. And I think looking back, 
doing my under 17 days, I think I've really learned a lot and I've really improved. Victor, one one thing I love when I'm watching you is that you can you can you know how to place the ball, and then there's times when you absolutely tear off the back of the net. So like most most strikers, they either have the finesse like a Thierry Henry where they place it, but you've got a bit of both. You're good in the air. Um, you're you're quick. You remind me a little bit like Harlan. He's tall uh, but quick, and you're also tall and quick. Do you feel like that's going to be like a where the strikers of the future are going to be? These strikers that can combine everything into one? I think, it's, uh, for me, I'm, I'm really trying, you know, it's important to, like, become a complete or almost a complete striker because uh, as a striker, you, it's, it's impossible for you to have everything. In as much as I want to uh, have everything as a complete striker, you know, is uh, I'm, I still have a long way to go. I still have so many things to learn in football. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm really taking my time and I'm really happy about my growth, about my development. You understand? Looking back, looking back, I think I've really learned a lot and I've really improved myself, which I think I have to continue to build on this on this momentum. That's, I think that's a good path that you set for yourself. And one, one thing that is really unusual is, um, so you you kind of, when you started your career, you kind of got into the national team first. Whereas in Europe, you kind of go to the club level and then one day you make it to the national team. So like... For everybody out there, because I follow Nigeria from every tournament since 2006, uh, what does it mean to play for Nigeria? And then what is that romance that everybody has with the Super Eagles? Can you explain it? You know, um, like every other, not just me, like every other uh, upcoming players in uh, in Nigeria dreams of playing for the Super Eagles, you know. And mine is the same thing because I, I'm a big fan of the Super Eagles right growing up. I cheer them up. I feel sad whenever I lose and everything like that. So, the for me to be called up to play to be in the squad with the Super Eagles is so amazing. You know, kudos to uh, Bernard Raw. You know, he believed in me from day one, from the first day they appointed him as a head coach. He believed in me and kept on inviting me, inviting me when I was getting a little game time. Even when I was not getting so many game time, like two minutes, three minutes, he invited me and keep on motivating me. So I think. Uh, it's a really good feeling for me to be representing Super Eagles. It's a dream come true for me. And then what do you feel like uh, we're missing in order to go to that next level? Because I was there in Egypt when uh, Mares stepped up and just <laughs> just messed up our plans. But um, for me, it's, it's really painful. And we've had a couple of painful exits recently. I was also sure. in Russia when Messi decided, even, even Rojo, of all the players, Rojo scored <laughs> against us. Like... It's your boy, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> we need to sell him. We need to sell him. But um, <laughs> what do you think we're missing? You know, um, like, you know, everyone knows in the, in the world that Nigeria have one of the best talents in the whole world, you know, and we've produced a lot of uh, so many legends in the game. Kano Wanko, um, Okocha, Amunike, and the rest. And now I think um, what really happened in, in Egypt we did quite well. I think Algeria was just fortunate enough to, to get the to get the, the win. And you know, the, the quality players like Mares in front of the in front of the goal, outside the goal, is dangerous. So we are, I think uh, you, if you can look even at the World Cup, it, it's from set pieces we lost the game. And now in, in Egypt it's the same thing. So roundly, I think uh, we are we are good. Tactically we are we are okay, but there are some details. 
we're we are not we are lacking. So it's not my I'm not in the position, you know, to to say these things. But yeah. I think the coaches, the coaches, <laughs> the coaches know about this thing. So yeah. they're going to rectify it, of course. Uh, we have played two games now, I think two or three games in the uh, nation's cup qualifiers, and we'll be doing quite well around mm. in the position. Mm. And then um, just for me, uh, how would you sum up? Niger- if you had three words to describe Nigeria, what three words would you use to describe Nigeria? Nigeria as a whole? Yes, as a whole. Uh, I think uh, at first, we're, we're a blessed country. You know, we have a lot of resources, you understand. And secondly, uh, we have so many talented players. And of course, uh, <laughs> and I don't know, but for me, I think thirdly, mm, <laughs> we have um, the best food. Kwame, <laughs> <laughs> are you listening? No disrespect to Ghana. Eh? Ghana, Ghana is a great country, but I I'm ignoring. I'm ignoring Victor. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was going so well. It was going so well, but now if, if, <laughs> if, if Mikel Arteta is listening, then I'll tell him to look for another striker because I'm not happy. <laughs> so, Victor, man, we, we, we've spoken about your football um, and, and your career so far. Um, where where do you see yourself? Like, what 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 are your aspirations? Like, where, what are your main goals when you, when you want to achieve in football? You know, um, I was first playing one of the biggest clubs in the world, um, winning the winning the Champions League. One day, maybe it's my dream. Also, I want to win. Uh, I want to be the first Nigerian to win uh, a league highest goal scorer. Mm. And um, I'm really working towards. I'm really working towards that. I'm really trying to. You know, trying to break genes that no Nigerian, no Nigerian striker has ever won. I don't know, maybe in the history they have, but according to my, to me they haven't. So I'm really looking forward to it and also win, winning the World Cup if it's possible. I hope it's not. I hope it's not so big to to dream to dream big. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> me too. Yeah, and like I think we've had such a sick conversation about um, football. And um, that's obviously like the, the biggest part of your life. But what what sort of stuff are you interested in outside of football, man? Like, I think just even just seeing some of the, the outfits that you that you put on, you obviously like are interested in style and and can put some stuff together. Um, like your fellow Nigerian Stephen here. Mm. So yeah, man. Like, just what are you what are your interests outside of football? Uh, I really love fashion a lot. You know. And uh, and of course music, and outside football, <laughs> I'm a business guy. I'm okay. a business guy. Yeah, I have um, a couple of houses in Nigeria, you know, where I oversee, where my sisters and brothers oversee them for me. And I, Amazing. I think um, I love music a lot, and these three things are the things. If I am not playing football, I'm doing. You understand and. Uh, I think it's, it's important to save for the raining days. For me, I think it's important as a footballer. You don't get to play for like 35 years or something mm. like that. So as a footballer, you have to save for the raining days. So I do things that would make me feel comfortable after my after my career. So I said I said I started set it up now, which uh, I've been doing it for almost three years now. Um, so I think the main the main thing is <laughs> it's not about the fashion. It's not about the music. I, I think. Um, it's about the business outside football. Yeah. yeah. And just just quickly with the um, that the fashion and stuff, because I feel as though there's a lot of football players who don't necessarily have their own style, but 
but you you're quite unique like you you know you you have a distinct way of dressing like where where do you get your inspiration from <laughs> um from my eye uh, from my brother you know okay. i got it from my brother uh, while he was growing up you understand and uh, he was with me in, in Vosburg, so he tried to you know sometimes we go to h&m he would tie me up and everything like that. <laughs> and everything like that. He would tie me up. That's dope, man. And even up to now, when I take a picture, I send to him. And I was like, ah, I think you have to um, put this on this, not this on this, you know. That's kinda, cool. You know, so I think he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the fashionista, not just me. I just see myself <laughs> through, him, <laughs> through him. So I think, uh, and also my... Um, and also my girlfriend, uh, sometimes she picked my, my outfit for me. And, uh, She's a good stylist. There's <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Victor, I just want to ask, um, you know, like everyone has been uh, in the same kind of conditions worldwide. You know, we talked about it before. You know, like you know, every, everyone's in quarantine and in lockdown. And in France, it has been like, it has been like quite, quite, uh, it's been quite intense. The rules and not being allowed to leave the house. What's the first thing that you that you want to do when quarantine is over? I think uh, the first thing is to, <laughs> to go to is to go to Nigeria to see my family. I think um, it's important for me because um, I don't think without if I don't see them, I won't I won't be happy. This is this is just me. This is how I am. You know, I have to see them for me to to do my job correctly. Mm. You understand and. Um, I think the lockdown will be will be over a little bit um, in in three days time on the eleventh or four days. So I'm really looking forward after the after the lockdown. I quickly go to go to Nigeria to see them, even if for just one and a half day. I have to see them. That's amazing, man. Um, I feel like you you you've traveled you you've you shared so much of your story with us, and um, we're very grateful for you to to to, to give us your time and. Uh, I feel like on 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 our show, the Out of Home podcast, it's it's all about stepping outside of your comfort zone, and you've done it on in in more than one occasion, and in more more in more ways than one as well. Like, how important has it been for you um, being outside of your comfort zone, being to different places? Like, what has it done for you as your growth and, and as a, as an individual and as a footballer as well? You know, uh, I think. Um... It's great to if you if you want challenges in life, you know you want to become something in life. Some people get this in their comfort zone, and why others have to go out of their comfort zone to to get it. But I don't think anybody would get anything he wants in life to be great in life in the comfort zone. And me, in the place where I grew up, I never wanted to leave. You know, to leave to go and play football elsewhere, to stay for there for like two years. You know, I would be like. I'll be like, he's like, I'm walking dead, dead walking yeah. or something like that, you know. But yeah. I felt that it was it was important for me to pursue greatness, to leave my comfort zone, to try to set an example to the ones that are growing up or to my friends also that if you leave your comfort zone, that was that is where you get the mindset to like to hustle, to put everything, to work so hard to get what you want, to make them proud at home. So it was important for me to 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 leave, and I think. Uh, it really pays off. This is the most important thing. It really pays off, which I am really happy about. Yeah. It's amazing, man. It makes a lot of sense. And um, as we come to the end, we hope you've enjoyed yourself. We've enjoyed learning more about your story. <laughs> and then um, 
we just wanted to ask you, like, obviously, we're four guys. We're trying to use this platform to bring important stories to people's attention and to really elevate and inspire others. Uh, do you have anything that you want us to keep doing, or any words of advice for us as we grow on this journey? No, I think I think uh, you're you're doing a great job. You know, I, I complimented you when you sent me the the stuff. I said uh, it was really dope and it was really amazing. Um, you know. You guys are way much older than me, and uh, what I would what I would say is, I think you guys are on the right path. You know, um, never let anyone come in between you guys. I think aside this, you guys are really good friends. You know, it's important for you to keep the unity and to like, you know, to try to have fun while you're doing your while working so hard. So it's important for you for you guys. And kudos to you, you're doing a good good job. You know, I I, I told you before, I really like this. Uh, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Victor, I think just, just to kind of close out, um, you know, we've had a really dope conversation. But probably the most important question of the day, man. Um, this is this this is probably gonna be like the the, the most deciding question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hit him, hit him. You, we we spoken a lot about food today. And uh, we have a very uh, big question around food because myself and Kieran, we're from the Caribbean mm-hmm. and then uh, Kwame and Stephen from, from West Africa. Yes. So I have to ask you, is it pronounced plantain or plantain? Say it again. <laughs> is it pronounced hear the second one. plantain or plantain? Plantain. 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 Yeah, plantain. 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 Listen. How do you listen. say? How do you say? Plantain. Plantain. Yeah. Plantain. 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 Are you not listening? He said plantain. Yeah, it's correct. Kieran. Kieran is correct. Plantain. No, no. no. Planted, planted. <laughs> are you hearing this? Are you hearing yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Nigel boy said, planted. <laughs> hey, it's over. My it's G. over. It's yeah, over, bruv. It's over. It's done. He fixed it, bro. I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Victor, thank you very much. It's done. Hey. Hey. Listen to that out of podcast. I'm closing off now. You're listening to the out of podcast with your boys, Kieran, Yav, Stephen, Kwame, and the one and only Victor Simon. Thank you very yeah. much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Love. Enjoy your evening. You're welcome. You too, man. Plantin. You hear that? Bro, you you're mocking it? his accent, bro. You're mocking his accent. got schooled. No. He's a plant. He said Kieran was right. He said exactly. Kieran was right. No, because he, he, he thought you would say the same thing as him, bro. You're mocking his accent, bro. It's cool, though. No, 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 no. Allow it, man. I've been speaking to him for an hour and a half. I ain't. You could definitely make out what I was saying, bro. Are we having... Huh? You're just oh, upset that your West, your fellow West African uh-huh, has joined guys. the United uh, Cap- Islands of the Caribbean, bro. <laughs> Could you imagine? That is like that's like five points for us. That's like that's like five points for us. Imagine a Niger boy saying plantain. It's over, bro. You can never ask that question again. You love boys are crazy. Come on.